Thank you, Pastor Gus. Can you hear me back there? Cool. All right. God has a funny way of putting things and people together. I know the video said a lot, or it said some things. Um, 2004 was when the obsession to use was lifted. I felt that in my heart. How many people have felt that when the obsession was lifted? You, how many people know the day? That's the day that you don't use it no more, right? right? 2004, the obsession was lifted. But God told me something else. He said, now I want to put you together. And he guided me to a place like this. Introduced me to Pastor Gus. How I first met Pastor Gus was that Pastor Gus did some service. And stepped out those doors outside of these four walls and took a walk because God told him I need you to go there's someone out there that I need to work for me to work for our kingdom and he went out and he gave a track and I was introduced to him and nothing initially happened but that was the beginning I think that was about 2002 and a half I came here briefly I had some spins I, 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 I came in and I was just like testing the waters Testing the waters and coming and I get that little chili factor and I leave until God called me permanently in 2004. And I walked in those doors and I told God, I want to trust you. Have you ever had a moment where you had to trust God? You know, going to that fork in the road where you had to trust God's unknown. Or, or, or reach out to that familiar pain or that familiar, you know, even the pain, the pain that you know. You know what I'm talking about, right? God's unknown or familiar pain. Have you ever been in that spot? Have you ever experienced a moment where you had to make a decision? Either trust God or do you? Right? That's that other fork in the world. That's that question you ask yourself. What am I going to do? Am I going to be continue to live the way I want to live and not lean on God? Or am I going to trust God? I want to tell you today that trusting God is a very scary thing. I want to tell you today that trusting God, you're still going to feel pain. You're still going to feel pain. But he's going to be with you. Through that pain. Amen. Sometimes what I've seen in my experience, I've experienced this too. I and, and you, we tend to lean on a God of our convenience. Isn't it true? Co-signing God. I love you, Lord, and I trust you, but... I always, yeah, thank you. That but, I want to sleep with her. But I still love you, but I don't want to trust in singleness. Those of you that are single out there, God can be trusted. Or to the married person, me and some of you, it's getting rough. And we want to lean on the, I don't even want to say it, you know the D word. Don't say it, that D word. Lean on that and not trust God. Because you know what? 
it's going to take some counseling. And it's going to take some time. I was looking for a better ringtone than that. That's cool. Yeah. When your dreams have sunk into the bottom, you got that dream job or that dream guy or that dream girl, and it seems like the rug was pulled from under you. I've heard stories like that. And I ask them the question, can God be trusted? Can God be trusted in the times we don't have to, when we, don't, when we can't lean on anything else? That's what happened to me. I had no enabling. I was trying to grab something, but there was nothing there. And I was like, whoa, he said, yeah, it's just me. What you want to do? It was like that. I heard it like in my heart. I heard that like in my heart. I want to tell you. I don't, and when I ask you that question, you know that time. My heart, that's it. I don't want to do this anymore. And I was speaking of drugs at that particular time, but I wanted my life to change too. And I know it was going to take, now I know, it was taking be, being in a state of brokenness and crushed in spirit. And today I'm going to be speaking of that. We'll be speaking about, obviously, can God be trusted? And that's a question I'm going to be asking quite a bit today. So don't get frustrated with me. That's going to come a lot. I want to, I want to ask us all to stand for the reading of God's word. We're going to put a scripture up here. And it's Psalm 34. What we're going to speak, be speaking today is about David. And David was put in a predicament not like me and you, but he was put in a situation where he had to lean and trust on God. I'm going to read the psalm. Amen. On the count of three, okay? okay? One, two, three. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his holy people, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cries. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to blot out their name from the earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. 
He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers them from them all. He protects all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. Evil will slay the wicked. The foes of the righteous will be condemned. The Lord will rescue his servants. No one takes refuge in him will be condemned. Amen. God bless his holy word. Amen. It's God's word. David wrote that psalm. David wrote Psalm 34 and wrote several other psalms. What I want to be focusing on today is Psalm 34, 18. And I'm going to read it. We just read it, but I'm going to read just this particular piece. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Brokenhearted and crushed in spirit. What we're going to talk about here in the story today, we're going to be talking about David. David was a young man who was called by God. And he was called, his father's, his father's name is Jesse. The prophet Samuel, and this is found in the book of Samuel. First book of Samuel. And the story that we're going to be talking about is, is, is exactly found in Samuel 21 and 22. If you want, you could read it. David was called by, by God. Samuel goes to his father's house and asks him. And starts looking at all of his sons. One through eight, right? Starts looking at them. He says, no, not this one. No, not that one. This is not the one. That's not the one. Is there anyone else? Samuel asks his father, Jesse. He says, yes, I have one. He's in the field. His name is David. David approaches, and God tells Samuel, this is the one. On that day, David is anointed king, but his, his, his full, he's not, he's not installed yet, in other words. He's anointed there, and Saul knows this. Saul doesn't know this yet. David, now David comes. And David says many great things. Everyone know the story of David and Goliath? Right. He does that, and on his way, before that, he was on his way, he was delivering some cheese. Delivering some cheese. I said cheesecake. My wife said, don't say that, because it was cheese. Then you got to, you know, so he was delivering some cheese and he seen this great battle taking place. It actually wasn't a battle. It was just one person yelling and, and, and mocking Israel's army, right? Right? And, and he said, when he, when he comes to the scene, he sees Saul and several other soldiers hiding behind rocks. And he asks him, what's going on? Here we have this man, Goliath, this giant. And he's screaming at Israel saying, you know, and he's telling them, send me a man. So David goes and David does what the story says he does. He slays this giant. And Saul is very happy and Saul is, so is Israel. Israel is static at this thing. We just slain one of the greatest warriors, one of the greatest Philistine warriors. The only thing. Now, they're making a song. Saul slays thousands and David tens of thousands. Saul slays thousands, but David tens of thousands. At this moment in time, Saul begins to become jealous. Big time. Big time. 
Saul begins to become jealous, and there's a, now there's a situation happening, right? You see the situation, you see the plot thickening now? So Saul begins to, the first encounter with Saul and David, he hurls a spear at him. And then there was a second encounter. I think after the first encounter, if someone throws a spear at you, what you do? I'm running, I'm out of there the first time. I'm not waiting for a second event. David begins to run. David has always trusted God. David begins to run. He runs into Philistine country. Now he just finished defeating a while back Goliath that's from Philistine country. He goes over there and he hides over there. He's hiding in several caves. Saul is conspiring against him, tells everyone who sees David, tell me, bring that report to me so I can kill him. So now this is where David is. David is running through caves. The story says in Samuel, and if you, if you want to get it in, in um, Samuel 22, he goes in front of this king and he, he almost, he pleads insanity. He acts like a crazy man. He acts like a crazy man. And at that time, it was, it was unheard of or it was shameful to kill someone who was insane. So they send him away. They send him away and David finds himself in this cave of Adullam. Finds himself in this cave of Adullam, brokenhearted and, and, and crushed in spirit. But when he goes in there, he finds 400 other men in that same state. See, because sometimes... When we find ourselves in situations, we think we're the only one. Sometimes when we find ourselves pressed in relationship trouble, we say, I'm the only one going through this. When the child is going crazy, and I'm not talking about coming home with B's and C's. I'm talking about coming home and saying, I'm addicted to heroin, I'm addicted to cocaine, I'm addicted to marijuana, I want to do what I want to do. I'm talking about situations like that. We think we're the only one and we're not alone. And David found that he wasn't alone in this. I want to ask you the question again. Can God be trusted? Can you trust God when everything is going wrong? Or do you lean on your own understanding? I used to lean on my own understanding. And you know what I do sometimes? I lean on my own understanding, sometimes. God has a process, though. He takes us through a process, and, and, and as we grow, and as we grow in Christ, we start to begin to trust Him. We begin to trust Him, and it's not easy. I didn't come in here when I came in here the first time in the first couple of years. My total trust and reliance and leaning and all that wasn't on God. I don't want to come in. I want to come in and tell you that there was a process taking place. And you know what? There's still a process being taken place. I haven't arrived in a place of total trust and total reliance on God. Though today, just for today, I can tell you, yeah, I rely totally on God. But there's going to come a situation in my life and yours that we're going to have to lean and trust on God. And we're going to have to ask the question, can I trust God? Can he be trusted? We have this old adage, not an old adage, just something that's said, and it's biblical too. It says, God will not give us anything that we can't handle. How many people have heard that? God will not give you anything that you can't handle. You heard that, right? That's true. And there's a two-sided coin to that. He will alleviate everything from you, 
unless he wants to break you. God removed everything from me. God had David running through caves and running into a, into a cave of outer land. God allowed a spear to come at David. God knew that was going to happen. He allowed a spear to come at him. No, two. <laughs> two spears to come at David. And several other things that happened. But David knew the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Even when a spear is thrown at me, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Even when my daughter is using heroin, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Even when he or she has, left, has gone, Alan Redpath, Alan Redpath quoted this. When God wants to do an impossible task, he takes an impossible person and he crushes him. He takes an impossible people and he crushes him. We resist this crushing from God. I want to tell you, don't resist that crushing from God. I know it's going to, I know, I know, I know how you feel. Trust me, I used to, I, I was a runner. I ran from God my whole life. In and out of rehabs, in and out of detoxes, coming out and still leaning on my own understanding and wanting to do me. But God has a school of brokenness. When we're broken and when we're there, when we're in that, let me see if I could say something so everyone can identify. When we're in that fetal position, that's when God wants to work. When we're in that fetal position and we're like, oh, I'm glad. I look back at the time. I look, I look back when I was, I was, I was like, I wanted to die that time. It was like, I was like, oh, I'm going to die. That's what I felt. I felt I was going to die. But God was there. That's when he said, yeah. That's what, that was the only reason. Man, I couldn't, I couldn't reach out and say, God, I never listened to God. Every time he told me to do something, I wouldn't listen until he took everything was taken away from me. God wants to remove all crutches from us. All crutches. He wants us to lean totally on him. Today what I did, I said, put those crutches down, honey. And I put her on my back, fireman's carry style. And I carried her down the stairs. And I carried her in here. God wants to carry us. You don't want us to use something else so we can move. He says, you can't move? Okay, get on top of me. But the problem is we glory in our independence. And we're taught, right, to be self-sufficient. Fully self-supporting. And that's good in some forums. But when we come in this piece and we, need, and we don't have anything, even if we have something, we still need to totally rely on God. Amen. Amen. I want to step on toes, but I think I stepped on a few. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes, Carlos. And we ask the question. We want to, I want to ask the question again. Can God be trusted? Can God be trusted in your finances? Can he? I'm going to look at that tithing report. Can God be trusting with your children? We glory in our independence. We glory in our self-sufficiency. Psalm 51 says this, and David wrote this as well. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit. A broken spirit and a contrite heart to you, God. You will not despise. He had the recipe. 
That's found in Isaiah 51:17. He had the recipe for success. He knew that even though he was going to go through these things, that the spears were coming, even though the spears came and people conspired and people were chasing him and he had to do certain things. I mean, he lied. Because when we're pressed, we do certain things that we don't want to do. Can God be trusted? Can we trust God? Um, we wanna, I, wanna, I wanna say this, and um, we wanna take God on dates. That's what we wanna do. We wanna take God on dates. We come in here and um, come in on Sunday, you know, hear a great message and tell Jesus, Jesus, that was fantastic, man. That was awesome. I love the way you said that. I love the way you brought that through that person. I love that message. That message was awesome. But it's Monday now. And I got to do me. Till Friday. I'll be back next Sunday. And we go on that date again. I'm going to take you somewhere else. You get in. I'll take you somewhere else. But it's Monday again. I want to do me. And I did that for a long time with women. I did that with several things. That was my thing. I want to take you on a date. I want to get maximum result with a minimum effort. Just That's the way I was, and that's what some of, some of us identify. Thank you. Thank you that I'm not alone. <laughs> and we want to take God on dates, but, um, and I used to do that, and when I came here, that word was changed. They said, Pedro, you can't, um, how, how do we go about this whole thing about getting with, now I'm a Christian, and how do we go about this whole thing on getting with someone? He said, well, the word is courting. There's some stipulations, there's some stuff because God, God has some rules for us in the relationship area. If we want to trust God, the reason we don't trust God is because he's going to tell us, hey, this is the way it's supposed to be done. And we don't like that. I don't like that. So I, when I first met my wife, that's my wife, Shelly. When I first met my wife, we were friends. And then, but then we started getting into, um, uh, we started courting. Not even dating. I don't want to use the word date. We started courting because courting is that eventually... A relationship is going to take place. And if you're here for the first time, or you've been coming here for a while and you're still courting, they told me, there's a certain time that courting, you got to make a decision. <laughs> you can't just keep courting. And so we did that. And on May 8th, 2007, I knelt down. I'm going to do now. Let me do it to her. I'm not going to want to marry you. <laughs> I don't want to marry you. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're a great looking guy, but you're not my type. <laughs> great looking. I love you, puppy. And I, and I, and I told him, Shelly, will you marry me? And she said, yes. But when I asked her that and I told her that, there was going to be a relationship. There was already a relationship, but now, there was already a relationship, but now it was going to be like, and Pastor Gus married us. Now it was going to be cemented. Now we're going to become one. Come on, somebody. We're going to become one. Like, see, she's going to feel. You know, when I burn myself at my job, she says, what are you doing to my body? <laughs> I said, what? She said, yeah, because according to the Bible, we're one. You keep burning my body. And that's the way it is. And God wants us not only to continue to court 
and, and, and listen to me, if you're still courting and you don't have the, you don't want to make a decision yet, continue to come back. But if you come and be coming here for a while, let's start cementing some relationships. The relationship now with me, I'd love to have a relationship with you too. I'd love to, yeah. I'm a good cook. I could, I could do some stuff for you. We could, we could have a great time. But it's with Jesus Christ. We want to have that relationship with Jesus Christ. We've been courting for a while. We want to be able to trust God. So I ask you the question again. Can God be trusted? Can God be trusted? I want to do something now. Um, in light of what we've been speaking of, speaking about right now today. This is, this is um, obviously you know Louisa. Everyone knows Louisa. But this is Zoe. Zoe's my daughter. I've known Zoe for four years, right? <laughs> love you. And she's known me a whole life. Right, baby? I love you. I love you. Can I have a hug? Love you. Maybe. No. She's my daughter. I'm her father. You trust me? I love you too. She's going to demonstrate something. And this is what God wants us to do. It's as simple as this. Come to Papa. She has the assurance that I'm not going to let her go. She had the assurance that I wasn't going to drop her. God wants to do the same thing with you. God wants to hold you in his arms. He wants you to trust him. And you're going to wiggle and say, but my child. And he's going to be like, that's okay. And you're going to wiggle and kick and be like, but my job. And he's going to be like, I got you. I'm your papa. I'm your father. I love you.